Welcome to Voices of Taos. My name is Laura Martin Baseman, and I'm the producer of this podcast from the Taos News. This week, we have the first part of a two-part series on a recap of the New Mexico legislative session. Jeffrey Plant, our assistant editor and political reporter, will first be interviewing Representative Cristina Ortez, and then, after the break, Senator Bobby Gonzalez. So, Jeff, tell us a little bit about who our representatives and senators are. Taos County has five lawmakers representing uh, constituents, and Senator Bobby Gonzalez uh, is one. That's a familiar name to many of our listeners, I'm sure. Uh, Senator Pete Campos, uh, the senior uh, senator in in the state Senate, uh, Representative Cristina Ortez, Representative Susan Herrera, and Representative Joseph Sanchez also uh, uh, represents a, a bit of Taos County. And in our episode today, we are going to be chatting with Senator Gonzalez and also Representative Ortez. And tell us a little bit about some of the terms that we're going to hear on the podcast that people who don't follow our lawmaking ways very often might not be familiar with. Yeah, the the session that just wrapped up was a 30-day session, so New Mexico alternates between 60-day sessions and then the following year there'll be a 30-day session. 30-day sessions are focused really on funding measures and that involves appropriations. Uh capital outlay bill and the state the state and its annual budget. I want to point our listeners to a glossary of terms that's available on the New Mexico legislature site. It's a really high high functioning site. You can cross reference bills, you can you can find old bills. It's just a, it's a really it's a really good resource uh, not just for for media but for citizens in New Mexico. Um, and it does have a glossary of terms which is super helpful because there's a lot of inside baseball at the legislature. Um, One term that you hear a lot is appropriation. An appropriation is essentially the the act of setting aside or earmarking funds for a specific purpose. And in the state's annual budget, for example, uh, there will be funds set aside, directed towards particular agencies and departments within the state government. And from there, the funds are further directed or appropriated to specific projects or programs across the state. And, you know, that could be anything from new water lines in the village of Towski Valley to a new ambulance uh, in Cuesta. And the ambulance in Cuesta, for example, that is a, that's a specific uh, appropriation that was made in this year's annual capital outlay bill. And the capital outlay bill is one of the more closely watched um, laws that comes out of each session and pending the governor's signature, which she, she must give uh, by March 6 this year, um, there will be public monies directed towards just dozens of projects in Taos County alone. It's almost $20 million uh, total. Capital outlay is reserved strictly for infrastructure uh, and capital improvement projects. So actual real basic infrastructure like bridges uh, could fund hospital building repairs, uh, could buy the Taos County Sheriff's Office a new vehicle, that sort of thing. 
Cool. Well, thanks so much, Jeff. That's going to help all of us out when we listen to the discussions with Rep. Ortez and Senator Gonzalez. Thank you, Laura. My name is Jeffrey Plant, assistant editor at the Taos News, and our guest is District 42 Representative Christina Ortez. Welcome. Thank you. Happy to be here. And we're talking today about uh, the outcomes from the recent 30-day legislative session. Uh, You were involved in several bills, uh, some of which passed, some of which didn't, Mm -hmm. Uh, a lot of uh, environmentally-related measures. And I was wondering if you you could start out by telling us about the uh, Pollinator Protection Plan group. So awesome. Thank you so much for that. That was um, that was a bill that uh, a memorial, House Memorial, that came together um, pretty quickly. I met Melanie Kirby, who is um, a constituent of mine. She lives in Penasco and is a beekeeper, is very active in a pollinator education. And she and I met in Farmington at, um, at an event there, and we started talking about the possibility of doing something like this, uh, putting together um, a memorial that would task the New Mexico uh, Department of Agriculture to develop a pollinator plan. Uh, and we got it introduced very quickly, and uh, it went through. She'd worked with Senator Gonzalez last year, but we kind of ran out of time. And this so. is something that other states have, have put in place. What's, what is the... What does this what is this going to accomplish for for New Mexico? Well, I think what it will what it'll accomplish is um, getting all the sort of stakeholders involved in agriculture, the producers, uh, small farmers, you know beekeepers, even folks who create you know who produce pesticides um, together on the same page around how we can um, develop a policy statewide policy that protects pollinators. you know so it's not just bees, you know also butterflies. Um, other insects, hummingbirds, you know, so that we can make sure that we're producing the food that we need for our communities, that we have habitat uh, for these really important pollinators. I think it's a it's an important step forward, and it's something that we haven't done in this in the state. Um, most other states have those plans. Yeah, and I'm reading here in the uh, analysis of this of this memorial that there's 2,000 pollinator species in New Mexico, uh, oh. 300 butterflies, 1,400 types of bees. A lot of lot of pollinators in, yeah. in in high desert New Mexico. Yeah, and uh, protecting them is 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 something that uh, has gotten nationwide or if not international attention. Uh, but it'd be good to see something something happen in New Mexico. Yeah, and I think it I think it has some you know um, implications for our community as well as we think about uh, development. You know, how do we address the housing crisis? You know, how um how, what lands to protect how we grow as a community, um, I think having a pollinator plan in place will help us think about um, the placement and ensuring that we have the habitat for these important critters. And, you know, we love the honeybees, but it's not just honeybees. And another another uh, measure that you were uh, a sponsor of, I believe, the Clean Transportation Fuel Standards Bill, uh, that was that that had some some discussion attached to it during it the did. session. I think it it's did. fair to say. Tell us what that accomplishes. I mean, is this something that's going to affect uh, 
drivers uh, on the road? Will we have emissions testing in rural New Mexico? <laughs> what 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 is this? What is this bill? We we won't have emissions testing, even though maybe we sh- should consider it, like like other states do. But that's not what this bill does. Uh, so what the bill does is it establishes a clean fuel standard. Uh, there will be a market for clean transportation fuels. Uh, we've got a couple years to get there. And uh, the rulemaking that the New Mexico Environment Department will do will look at um, how we can reduce emissions from uh, transportation fuels. And if you can reduce your emissions below um, you know, 20 percent of the 2018 uh, carbon intensity levels, it's very complicated. It took me a while to actually understand all mm-hmm. of this. Um, if we can reduce – if you can produce a, f- a fuel that is 20 percent less than what we had in 2018, uh, then you can um, – uh, sell a credit on the market. I see. And if you're producing a dirtier fuel, uh, then you will have to buy those credits. So there is an incentive to create a cleaner transportation fuel. I, I believe that transportation fuels are responsible for like a third of the greenhouse gas emissions in the country. And many of our communities, especially down south, um, along the highway corridors at 10 or 40, um, have you know, exceeding, they're exceeding the EPA standards for um, particulate matter 10, particulate matter 2.5, Vox and NOx and all these, you know, these these um, pollutants that actually have a really a huge health impact on their residents. Mm-hmm. So by, by having a cleaner fuel, you will have, you know, um, communities that have less pollution to contend with. Um, there's, um, and I want to talk a little bit about the, the big challenge I think we faced is that, um, People are really concerned about gas prices. Yes. Uh, I, I know I am. Um, I, I said this a lot in debate, which I think all told there it was something like 15 hours. I sat in a seat uh, through all the committees, uh, except for when I was standing on the floor uh, to, to debate this bill and talk about it. And gas prices is something that I, uh, I'm really concerned about. And what we're finding is that the states that have a clean fuel standard don't have um, – a connection with increased gas prices. Interesting. The states that have clean fuel standards also have fairly high gas taxes. Uh, New Mexico doesn't. So, you know, and we were, we heard those concerns. And so within the statutory language of that bill, we're making sure that if we see an increase in gas prices, we have cost control measures in the rulemaking so we can shut down the market, postpone the market, adjust the market Mm -hmm. to meet those needs because we do not want to be in a place where we're increasing gas prices for for residents. But we do need to address the fact that communities across New Mexico are facing huge, um, you know, health problems related to pollution. Yeah. So I think it is actually really good for consumer choice. And another bill you were involved with, and we should should note that – the bills that did pass, most of them are still awaiting. That was the, the only one. The governor's <laughs> that was signature. the only one I had this that year. That was the only one you, you, you passed. <laughs> yeah. well, congratulations. That I was a lead on. Yeah, there were a couple other bills that I was a second or third on that I helped with. But, yeah, it was, it was sad. We have got we do have a, another bill to talk about that generated quite a bit of uh, debate in the chamber. <sighs> you were tasked with sponsoring um, a bill that would have enacted changes to the New Mexico uh, Oil and Gas Act, and this did not pass. However, I uh, was hoping that you would talk a little bit about why this was important. Um, of course, New Mexico 
gets a lot of its revenue from uh, oil and gas fees and leases. Uh, it's a, it's, a, it's a really the reason that the state has so much money right now. Um, but the, bill, the, the, the act hasn't really changed in, what, 30, 30 years? Yeah, uh, there were some changes 30 years ago, maybe 15 years ago, um, but not big changes. So that act, um, I think, is over 90 years old. Mm -hmm. So um, big changes haven't happened in a very, very long time. Um, and the reason why I, I held that bill, why I, I pushed for it, um, is several fold. You know, one, um, when the bill was first introduced, we had um, important language around setbacks, right? Making sure that you couldn't do any new drilling you know, in a certain number of feet of schools or um, daycares, churches, homes, mm -hmm. bodies of water. Um, that was something that really kind of connected me to that to that bill initially. And then there were other parts of the bill which are equally important around making sure that we're getting enough money into the state coffers to ensure that we can actually pay for the liabilities that exist right now. Um, depending on you know on the day, we've got somewhere between I don't know two hundred million and eight hundred million dollars of liabilities from orphan wells. We're talking about cleaning up. We're talking about cleaning up and remediating a well that is abandoned. And, you know, that is a, a terrible legacy of the oil and gas industry, you know, and, and it's really, it was really challenged for me to kind of thread the needle around this because, you know, I, I heard so much that, um, you know, like, how dare you like hinder or cobble uh, hobble the cash cow of our of our state, right? Mm -hmm. um, but that that industry made forty five billion dollars in New Mexico um, in twenty twenty three, right? And there are hundreds of millions of dollars of uh, liabilities that we cannot collect on, you know, from companies that have come in and have drilled and then transfer those wells, sell those wells to, um, you know, as they decline in production to another operator who gets what they can out of them and then sells it to another operator. And then you have these, you know, these series of transfers. And at the end of the day, you've got some operators that, you know, just they, they go bankrupt. And which means that they're, they abandon their wells, they orphan their wells. And those wells can cost between 125000 at a minimum to plug yeah. and to remediate to millions of dollars. So it was really important for me, you know, we, we had to strip out the setback language. Um, but just that having the financial assurances and the, the civil civic civil penalties involved with, um, you know, polluting and, and not taking care of your wells, like that was really, really important for me. And I think it's important for the state. I'm really disappointed it didn't get through. Well, despite a powerful lobby uh, within the oil and gas industry, I'm sure this is uh, something we'll see come back to the legislature in, in future sessions. Oh, next year. No doubt. I mean, like, it's happening. And I wanted, before we go, uh, to just talk a little bit about Taos County, North Central New Mexico, and funding that was secured for projects here. In your mind, what are, what are the highlights? What are the, what are the more significant um, funding uh, measures that were, that, were, that were passed either in the, the, the general appropriations uh, bill or uh, through through other bills, 
a lot of good stuff happened for Taos County. I think I'm uh, most excited about Senator Gonzalez's bill to to fund rural hospitals. Mm-hmm. Um, I uh, wasn't part of that bill, but I had conversations with my House colleagues about making sure that that, um, that was done in the right way so that our hospital, Lee Cross, could get the funding that they need um, to – to operate and make those capital improvements. You know, together, the senator and I uh, funded uh, pretty much every community in Taos County. Um, you know, he and I worked really closely kind of <laughs> negotiating around, like, if you, you can do $25,000, i will do $75,000 to, to make sure that, you know, Cuesta, Penasco, Red River, Taos County, Town of Taos, our Pueblos were able to get the funding they needed to, for some important projects. You're talking bridges, roads, yeah, water absolutely. projects. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, uh, you know, some some Asequias land grants. I'm the chair of the land grant committee, and so I wanted to make sure that our newly enacted uh, and recognized land grants in Taos County were able to get some funding to do mm-hmm. some important acquisitions. So I think that's really important that your listeners know how closely we have to work together to make this happen. You know, Bernalillo County has I don't know how many legislators. Somebody somebody knows this. I, I should probably knows I should probably know this, but many. Yes. Right. So they can you know they can work together to fund you know five million dollars for a project. You know we've got just me and Representative Herrera, um, a little bit of Joseph Sanchez's district, Pete Campos, and the senator for all of Taos County, mm-hmm. right? And it's just um, it's just not enough money for the for the need. So we have to work together. And so one one item. That if you could, if you could choose just to highlight one project that you thought was was, you know, Im- important and significant, either you know, uh, personally or because of the community. Oh God, Jeff, you put me in a tough spot. It's like picking your favorite child. Um, <laughs> you've also put me in a place where I just I don't really remember. Let's talk about the Taos County Courthouse. Oh my goodness, let's talk about that. Yes. That's a great one. Let's finish it up. There's there's more than five million dollars will go to the uh, old, the historic Taos County Courthouse on the right. plaza. That's a project that was supposed to be completed, oh, I want right. to say almost two years ago. Uh, and uh, construction materials, other factors have, have uh, sort of extended that project. It's, it's gotten more expensive. But yep. uh, according to the County, uh, as of this week, the, that will be enough money to complete it. That's pretty exciting. It is exciting. And that's a case in which, you know, we were able to fund a little bit from our legislative capital outlay, and then the governor really stepped in and to finish it. I want to talk about one thing that I just remembered yeah. that I think is so important for our community. And uh, right before the um, – Right before the capital outlay um, forms were due, I uh, I had a conversation with a commissioner about like what are we going to do about the um, you know stray hearts issue uh, and yes. the animal shelter and all these sort of confusing um, sort of back and forth on what you know what are we going to do about it. So I commissioned uh, with my capital outlay a seventy five thousand dollar feasibility study mm-hmm. to look at you know what it looks like for the county or or the town, but I think really focus on the county to, you know, own and operate an animal shelter so that that funding will, you know, will go to hire somebody who can look at all the costs from building to, you know, the uh, operations and maintenance, you know, over the long term. And so I'm hopeful that we can get that money spent quickly and we can un- have an understanding if, you know, is it going to cost us $5 million or $10 million? Is it going to cost us a million dollars a year to operate? We, we will know what those costs are so then we can plan and fundraise accordingly, right, by reaching out to our you – know, to the state, to the feds, to philanthropists so that we can really just tackle this issue 
It's one of the biggest issues among my constituencies. You know, what am I going to do about stray hearts? I, I can't yeah. do much about stray hearts directly, but I can do something about what the county's involvement could be. We should remind our listeners briefly that Stray Hearts Animal Shelter uh, is the animal shelter in, in Taos County. And due to a number of factors uh, currently, and we run these numbers regularly every week in the Taos News, uh, they are taking in sometimes zero, some, sometimes one animal, cat or dog, um, a week. And adoptions are at about the same level. And that's come down from, you know, dozens uh, of each of those adoptions and uh, intakes, you know, previous years for years. So it's, it's really at a standstill and there are, there, there's nowhere for animal control officers to take these animals uh, at this point locally. And I'm sure the feasibility study will look at, you know, how we can incorporate what exists at Stray Hearts, how we can work together. I mean, I'm hopeful. I am not discounting the work that Stray Hearts has done over, you know, decades. Um, but something needs to happen and we need to have some clarity and some real understanding of what it costs to um, – to our constituencies, to you know, to and everyone who lives here, how we put our taxpayer dollars to work and our philanthropic dollars. So let's have a better understanding of that um, by doing this feasibility study. District forty-two state rep Christina Ortez, thank you for joining us on Voices of Taos. Oh, thank you so much. We're going to take a quick break and hear a message from our publisher. Hello, I'm Chris Baker, the publisher of the Taos News. I hope you're enjoying the latest episode of Voices of Taos. Our talented staff works hard to bring you the best in local news and entertainment, and we couldn't do it without your support. If you haven't already, please consider subscribing to the Taos News. If you're already a subscriber, thank you so much. By subscribing, you have 24-hour access to our online edition and receive the paper delivered to your home or business. And you also get 25 magazines covering the finest of northern New Mexico including Taos Women, Tradiciones, and the Best of Taos. To start your subscription, visit us at taosnews.com today, and I appreciate your support. Welcome to Voices of Taos. My name is Jeffrey Plant, Assistant Editor at the Taos News. And our guest today is District 6 New Mexico Senator Bobby Gonzalez. Welcome, Senator. Welcome, and good morning, too. Good morning. We just wrapped up a 30-day session of the legislature in Santa Fe. And although there have been some, some criticisms that maybe not as many bills passed uh, as might have been, uh, Taos County will benefit significantly from quite a few appropriations that you and our other lawmakers advocated for. Can you, can you tell us about some of the sort of more important or more significant uh, funding appropriations that Taos County will see benefit from? Okay, uh, very well. Um, I guess we can uh, start off by um by our hospital, our local hospital known as Holy Cross Hospital, uh, that will have, um, you know, providing that um, the governor signs, you know, the appropriation, House Bill 2. 
and uh, that was being 15 million that would be going into for construction of a wing site, or I guess you would call it a office spaces for the doctors that they have in place now. And uh, that all came about at a meeting that I attended when they were um, talking about this, about how short they were for space, and also that they're paying uh, approximately something like 30000 a month on rent. So we had a meeting after that, and I told them that uh, I definitely would uh, be very much uh, interested in assisting them, you know, with uh, putting in uh, a request for some funding for this project. And so far, where we are, you know, it's tracking very well. You know, it's all up into the governor's signature now, but this would bring uh, the $15 million for new construction uh, wing site right next adjacent to the Holy Cross Hospital property, which the hospital already owns the property, and it would have to be um, a venture that is um, coordinated with the uh, Taos County Commission because um, Taos County is the official owners, you know, of the, of the actual building for Holy Cross Hospital. That's right, yes. So that's what... Go please, please go on, Senator. Uh, no, that is that is big. The other one is uh, out of another appropriation, you know, the... Uh, for rural hospitals, we tend to gain probably anywhere from, um, you know, maybe five to six million dollars. And this is just regular operation maintenance and cost for operating the hospital. And this is uh, being applied to uh, strictly rural hospitals. And uh, going back, I guess we just can say, um, you know, uh, every every part of uh, Holy Cross Hospital is so important, you know, to this region. And, uh, you know, I just feel very committed and very much that it's a must that we support it in one way or another. And we can't vision, you know, this uh, area not having a hospital. That would be a very, very big hardship for many individuals. So, uh, you know, uh, from there, we'll continue working with it and See what else we can do. The other part that will be enacted would be the one-half cent gross receipts tax that was approved last year, and uh, the commissioner has to, the commission has, Taos County Commission has to uh, enact that, and uh, that would bring in uh, one-half cent that uh, Holy Cross Hospital would receive 75% of the half cent, and 25% would go to UNM Taos for their nursing program. So it's a win-win all the way around. You can see, you know, in providing this and then providing more training and providing more uh, certified uh, uh, nurses to our area and our experience has been is that the majority of them pretty much remain, you know, within within our our own area here in Taos. Yeah, the, the uh, CEO of Holy Cross Medical Center, James Kaiser, uh, told us the other day that uh, the subsidy, the money that's going to come in uh, for operations cost is really going to be a lifeline for the hospital, which is more and more getting public funding to keep afloat, basically. Uh, Holy Cross Medical Center isn't uh, struggling quite as much as some other rural hospitals in the state, but uh, with 50 days cash on hand, 
uh, right now. They could be doing better. And this $15 million for a clinic uh, won't just provide more services for, for um, our local residents, but according to James Kaiser, uh, the, it, this itself will help attract new physicians to the area. So very, very significant appropriation uh, for the hospital. And let, let's move on to some, some other projects that, that will be funded uh, from the session. There was a focus on water and water systems and water infrastructure uh, in this session. Tell us about some of the more significant water projects that will be funded in Taos County. Oh, very well. With, uh, with water, you know, it's, um, it's always um, uh, fairly complicated, but um, we do have the New Mexico Water Trust Fund and uh, that one is based on based on the application, and most of the time it's uh, through the uh, New Mexico Finance Authority or you know through the state engineer's office. But there is a significant amount that has been placed, you know, for uh, on the on the adjudication part, and also you know with uh, the acequias with uh, part of the abeta settlement. And we did have legislation in there where some of our entities definitely would gain from that. And uh, on that bill, it would be tracking with the abeta settlement that was placed in for $20 million was placed in on House Bill 2. So the process for that will be is uh, working with the state engineer and then uh, with New Mexico Environmental Department. And uh, we will definitely be um, assisting and helping all these entities to make sure that they get a right away, you know, into the right the right uh, way of uh, applying for it. And also uh, if there's any problems that we can see them uh, ahead of time before, uh, you know, it goes too much into the year. Yes. And just to remind our listeners, the uh, Taos Valley Water Settlement, also known as the Abeta Settlement, includes several uh, new wells, uh, conveyances, and such that are mandated, installed in the area. But the fund that was originally set up for that settlement is just a, it was just a one-time, uh, one-time amount of money. It doesn't gain interest or anything. So, with rising costs, uh, the fund is is simply not enough to pay for these for these projects. So, this twenty million dollars is going to be a significant uh, contribution to really addressing mm -hmm. that issue of, of a funding shortage. I, isn't that right? Uh, that is correct. And uh, the other part that I mentioned to uh, my colleagues, you know, is uh, just to give them a little better understanding that this uh, this is very, very sensitive because, uh, uh, you know, it ties into the federal government, you know, and their match. And then also, you know, we don't have, we don't want to be in a position to where we violate any of the procedures. And uh, we um, have to be careful, you know, how we work with this and how we statewide, you know, that we are able to also be ready for our part that has to be in place. And uh, as we go on, because um, there's uh, different stories out there, but the, the one that I know most is uh, this is like a 29-year um 
you know, negotiating process that has been in place. Some say it's even longer than that, than 29 years. And we definitely don't want to go back to where we would start again, you know, with a process of uh, at the beginning. Mm-hmm. So it is important to, to complete it. It's important to uh, work with it. And plus also, you know, that gives a much better stability to everyone in the state, you know, about our water. Yeah. The tribes here, Pueblo, Taos Pueblo and Picturas Pueblo, uh, also came out of this uh, last session with some significant funding. What, in your mind, is the most significant policy change or appropriation that was secured during the session for local tribes here? Well, one of them is uh, the governor has in place right now $30 million that was set aside you know, strictly for tribal uh, needs and requests. So now how that is handled, you know, that goes through the governor's office. But uh, even prior to that, the governor has been very supportive. And I would say that uh, all the way around, uh, you know, all the tribes, all the pueblos have really benefited from this. But there are some large requests. You know, I, I always consider anything large as anything that goes over a million dollars. And, you know, vary from that to maybe two or three million or even higher. But uh, uh, on this trust, you know, this really gives uh, the governor basically what you would say is uh, she has a budget, you know, to, to work with the tribal infrastructure, mm-hmm. and which is very, very important. And uh, to give you an example, you know, like in the, a visit with uh, LaSalle, um, the, the labs are are going to be very, in the near future, probably expanding to another 300 new jobs. And uh, the question is, where are these individuals going to live? So the, the Nambe Pueblo, you know, they have a, a plan where it would be, a, you know, not the, the type of um, RV plus also for mobile homes, you know, to be able to be uh, accommodated. And all they need is uh, like $3 million. So if they have that, you know, that will put in, uh, I guess you would call it uh, a different kind of housing, but there's housing available, you know, for at least another 400 families. Yeah. So those are very important things that, um, you know, you have to see the big picture of, you know, what helps what. And um, and if you can see uh, traveling uh, just a little bit north of Española to the right side on that RV park that's there, that is always full. And it's the workforce from the Solomon, uh-huh. you know, and just need more, more of that too. That's uh, one example, you know, that um, there's uh, quite a few things that are going on with the economic development between uh, our uh, Native American uh, uh, individuals and tribes that are working right now with the state. And just before we go, what's one item that we missed or maybe you know, people aren't super aware of that came out of this session that uh, Taos County, North Central New Mexico uh, residents will see impact from, Senator? Well, uh, for one, you know, uh, I, I think there's several, but I, I think one that is very important is uh, all our children, you know, K-12, you know, will have a free breakfast and a free lunch. Right. And and that is that is very, very big, you know, that you know that 
uh, definitely there's a, a meal for students, you know, that are in school that no one should be, you know, uh, hungry or being without food. Uh, the other one that I see is we have expanded into the lottery scholarship and the opportunity scholarship. Now, that door is just wide open right now. Anyone that wants to go to school with the opportunity scholarship, regardless of age, you know, can go to school. And uh, working very close with the University of New Mexico here in Taos, they're doing wonderful, just uh, an outstanding job into um, their outreach and uh, getting programs that really assist the area. And, uh, you know, those, those are things that are very, you know, in my opinion, really good for the entire part. I attended a meeting last night where there was uh, pro probably, I'm going to say, about 30 to 35 individuals at that meeting with uh, UNM Taos, and that was on their new science STEM program. So you had a uh, from the from the schools, from Penasco, from the different areas, you had individuals, uh, you know, at this meeting, and that's what it's really nice. It's a uh, good communication and uh, good information that everyone can, uh, you know, work with and take advantage of. Now, another uh, hi highlight of our area is uh, going to be, there's going to be a pretty good amount of funding for our roads. And, and that's constant, you know, whatever you fix today, in five years, it almost needs it all over again. But we do have some big projects in mind that, you know, that will be uh, coming into our way. And that is uh, one that I have mentioned before is uh, the, uh, replacing that temporary traffic light right at the Rancho's uh, post office. Yes. 248. And then the other one is uh, getting uh, the, the full access to prepare to try to finish Blueberry Hill, you know, from both sides, you know, from uh, 240 and also from uh, Highway 64, you know, which is uh, all the way across town. So those are big. And then there's, uh, you know, a lot of, quite a few other road projects that will be in, uh, starting also. Excellent. Thank you for joining us today on Voices of Taos, Senator Bobby Gonzalez. And thanks for your work on behalf of Taos County in North Central New Mexico. Very well. Thank you also for the opportunity to do this. Join us next week as we talk to Representative Joseph Sanchez for his take on the 2024 legislative session. This episode was produced by Laura Martin Baseman. Music by Miles Bonney.